0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of midfoot arthritis from the foot and ankle section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. Midfoot arthritis is defined as arthritis of the midfoot, which includes the following joints, naviculocuneiform joint, intercuneiform joints, and metatarsal cuneiform joints. Diagnosis is made with plain radiographs of the foot, often showing joint space narrowing and dorsal osteophyte formation in the midfoot. Treatment can be non-operative or operative depending on patient age, patient activity demands, severity of arthritis, and presence of midfoot deformity. Now let's get into the episode. Starting with etiology, in terms of pathophysiology, midfoot arthritis can be idiopathic or primary where osteoarthritis is the most common form of midfoot arthritis. Other etiologies can be post-traumatic or inflammatory. The pathoanatomy of midfoot arthritis involves large forces that are seen by the joints that have limited motion. The soft tissues that support the joints see abnormally high forces over time, and this results in midfoot collapse. Moving on to presentation, symptoms of midfoot arthritis include midfoot pain and in the arch with push-off. On physical exam, inspection may reveal a deformity that shows longitudinal arch collapse with weight-bearing, midfoot collapse which can look like posterior tibial tendon insufficiency, forefoot abduction, hindfoot valgus, aquinas contracture of the Achilles tendon, and hallux valgus. Finally, palpation of the arch midfoot can lead to pain. Moving on to imaging, recommended views on radiographs include a lateral and an AP. The lateral may show loss of collinearity between the talus and the first metatarsal, otherwise known as myrious line. It's important to point out that the apex of the deformity is at the level of the midfoot. The lateral radiograph may also show collapse of the longitudinal arch. On the AP view, arthritic signs can be seen in the midfoot. Inflammatory etiologies can be consistent with symmetric degeneration across the midfoot. Finally, the AP may also reveal abduction of the forefoot. The differential diagnosis for midfoot arthritis includes posterior tibial tendon insufficiency, post-traumatic Lisfranc injury, and lateral ankle instability. Treatments of midfoot arthritis can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes NSAIDs, activity modification, and orthotics-slash-bracing. This is indicated as the first line of treatment. Specific non-operative modalities can include steroid injections under radiographic guidance, which can be both diagnostic and therapeutic. Orthotics for midfoot arthritis should include a cushioned heel, longitudinal arch supports, and a stiff sole with a rocker bottom. Operative options include a midfoot arthrodesis, plus or minus a tendo-achilles lengthening, plus or minus hindfoot realignment. This is indicated in the setting of failure of non-operative management. In terms of outcomes, remember that the midfoot joints are non-essential joints, and arthrodesis results in close-to-normal foot function. In terms of Achilles tendon lengthening slash hindfoot realignment, these procedures may need to be done concomitantly. Now let's talk about the surgical technique for a midfoot arthrodesis in a bit more detail. The approach will involve a realignment arthrodesis where close-to-physiologic foot function, especially during push-off, can be established. Keep in mind that the tarsal metatarsal joints are two to three centimeters deep and warrant appropriate preparation prior to fusion. The realignment arthrodesis will involve fusion of the first ray via the first tarsal metatarsal joint, fusion of the second slash third rays via the naviculocuneiform slash intercuneiform joints, and remember that you do not fuse the fourth slash fifth tarsal metatarsal joints as the lateral ray mobility facilitates foot accommodation during stance. However, interpositional arthroplasties of the 4th-5th tarsometatarsal joints can be done in select cases, will maintain length of the lateral column, and can assist with gait accommodation. In terms of instrumentation for a midfoot arthrodesis, you may use screws, staples, or plates designed for midfoot fusions. Concomitant procedures with a midfoot arthrodesis include Achilles tendon lengthening and hindfoot realignment. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic might be tested. First question. An active 70-year-old female presents to your office with increasing foot pain over the last several years. She enjoys walking, however, is limited to two blocks due to pain. Her pain is greatest with push-off. She has attempted shoewear modifications, orthotics, physical therapy, and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories with limited relief of her symptoms. Her weight-bearing radiographs demonstrate midfoot arthritis with severe changes seen at the second and third tarsometatarsal joints as well as naviculocuneiform joint. Arthritic changes of the third TMT joint are best seen on the oblique view. There is subtle collapse of the longitudinal arch on the weight-bearing lateral with dorsal osteophytes and a quote sag of the medial column with breakdown of the naviculocuneiform joint what is the most appropriate treatment at this time? And the choices are 1. Platelet-rich plasma injection. 2. Proximal medial opening wedge of the first metatarsal. 3. Dorsal exostectomy of the midfoot. 4. Midfoot arthrodesis. And 5. Double calcaneal osteotomy with lateral column lengthening. The correct answer to this question is 4. Midfoot arthrodesis. So the patient's history and imaging are consistent with atraumatic midfoot arthritis. She has failed nonoperative management, and the best option for treatment is now midfoot arthrodesis. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, platelet-rich plasma, is incorrect as this has limited applications in conditions of the foot and ankle and has not been studied in the treatment of midfoot arthritis. Answer two, proximal medial opening wedge of the first metatarsal is incorrect as a proximal opening wedge osteotomy may assist with correction of hallux valgus deformity, however, would not address arthritic pain of the midfoot. Answer three, dorsal exostectomy of the midfoot is incorrect as this would provide limited relief based on the advanced arthritic changes. Finally, answer five, double calcaneal osteotomy with lateral column lengthening is incorrect as this can assist with correction of abduction deformity seen with severe pes plano valgus. However, in isolation would not treat the midfoot arthritis. To quickly review, atraumatic midfoot arthritis similar to post-traumatic deformity results in pain with propulsive activities typically combined with collapse of the longitudinal arch and or abduction deformity. Non-surgical treatment options include shoewear modifications, for example, a midfoot rocker, arch support orthotics, activity modifications, physical therapy, and medications. In patients that fail these modalities, midfoot arthrodesis is indicated to relieve pain and restore the functional anatomy of the medial column of the foot. Jung et al. reviewed the management of patients with symptomatic midfoot arthritis. The authors defined subtypes of patients with atraumatic arthritis, including hallux valgus, pes valgus which can lead to an abduction deformity and rocker bottom which can be secondary to a longitudinal collapse. Significant improvement was seen in radiographic parameters and functional outcome scores, that is AOFAS midfoot and FFI scores with corrective midfoot arthrodesis. And moving on to the final question, a 47-year-old female with lupus presents with persistent pain in her midfoot. Anti-inflammatories provide mild relief and on physical examination, midfoot arthritis is suspected. What characteristic findings are expected on radiographic imaging of her foot? And the choices are 1. Subchondral cysts and osteophyte formation. 2. Symmetric joint degeneration. 3. Isolated dorsal osteophytes involving the first metatarsophalangeal joint. 4. Sclerosis of the navicular with collapse. And 5. Widening of the space between the base of the first and second MTPs with worsening on stress. The correct answer to this question is 2. Symmetric joint degeneration. So patients with inflammatory arthritis typically exhibit symmetric joint degeneration without excessive osteophyte formation. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1. Subchondral cysts and osteophyte formation is incorrect as this is characteristic of primary osteoarthritis. Answer 3. Isolated dorsal osteophytes involving the first MTP joint is incorrect as dorsal osteophytes in the first MTP is consistent with hallux rigidus. Answer four, sclerosis of the navicular with collapse is incorrect, as this is associated with Kohler's disease. Finally, answer five, widening of the space between the base of the first and second MTPs with worsening on stress is incorrect, as this is consistent with a Lisfranc injury. To quickly review, similar to findings found in the knee and the hip, inflammatory arthritic changes in the midfoot exhibit symmetric joint degeneration. Unlike primary osteoarthritis, which is characterized by subchondral cysts, asymmetric joint space narrowing and degeneration, inflammatory arthritis exhibits symmetric changes with minimal extra bone formation. Abdo and Iorio summarize the key characteristics typically found in midfoot arthritis of rheumatoid patients. Most commonly, the forefoot is involved and characterized by dislocations and hallux valgus deformity. Midfoot arthritis, however, is also common, characterized by symmetric joint degeneration, usually across the talonavicular and intertarsal joints. Jacola and Mann review the treatment options for inflammatory arthritis of the foot, which typically include medical management. Failing conservative management has gotten rare in more recent times, and the most reliable operative option for the midfoot remains primary fusion. That's all for this review about midfoot arthritis. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.